For far too long, injury lawyers have cared way too much about money and boosting their egos, and not enough about the people they serve. That stops now. Welcome to the Mutrux Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast, where trial lawyer Tyson Mutrux cuts through the BS and gives you practical takeaways to get you back on your feet, settle your case, and get on with your life. No fluff, no ego. And now, here's your host, Tyson Mutrux. Welcome back to the Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast. My name is Tyson Mutrix, and today I've got a really good friend of mine and an amazing DWI lawyer, Jason Corner. How's it going, Jason? Good, Tyson. Good to be here. All right. So I, I kind of explained to you what we're going for here. So this podcast is for my clients and so that they, they know how the injury process works. But I'm having you on to talk about how a case involving a drunk driver and a DWI case at the same time is different, right? And so, um, and I, as, as I was telling you before, it's not always the easiest thing to explain. So we're gonna go through this thing, hopefully people get some takeaways from it, but just off the start, whenever someone is injured in a, in a crash, and let's say that'd be my client, and let's say that you represent the defendant, the person that hit them, and it's a DWI case, how is it typically handled differently on your end whenever there's an injured party? Well. Always from the criminal aspect, when I'm representing somebody, the primary focus is going to be on the criminal case, on the criminal charges that they're facing, and everything to do with the accident from a you know, insurance and injury and civil standpoint are all going to be put to the back burner as far as I'm concerned and my client are concerned. And because of that, that's going to have some, some ramifications on you know, how the civil case can move forward for the civil attorney and the insurance company because there's just going to be a lot more delay involved than in cases where there aren't criminal charges pending. Right. And so I always early on, if I can, if I can get to the at-fault party, I want to get an, a witness interview. That's not always possible whenever there's someone on the other side uh, being represented. So can you talk about the difference when it comes to that? So I, tr I try to get a witness interview, but usually block that, I'm assuming. Right. So and I know that we you talked in the introduction about this being with the DWI, honestly, this can be with any criminal charges that end up involving an accident. I mean, if it was, you know, texting and driving, which you don't see a lot of, but it's coming around a little bit more, um, or extreme high speed or anything where there's criminal charges filed or possibly going to be filed, all of these same things would apply, not just with DWIs. DWI is the, where we see this the most, but this applies where any criminal charges could come in is... Um, yeah, we're going to block your ability to talk to that person. It's always going to be my firm's legal advice to say, you know, a person that's going to be charged with a crime or that could be charged with a crime, you have Fifth Amendment right to remain silent. That's not just with the police. That includes all attorneys and all parties. So it's in their best interest to not say anything. I don't want them admitting that they were driving. I don't want them admitting that, you know, if they've been drinking or where they were coming from who they were hanging out with. I don't want to give the other side anything because anything that we're giving to the civil attorneys can then be had by the prosecutors. So the prosecutors can come in, grab your interview that you took, and then use that against my client in a criminal case. And for us, that's the worst case scenario. That can be used as a confession. That can be used to put the pieces together 
through the course of the investigation. And we don't want them to have access to any of that because we don't have to give any of that to them. And if we're not giving things to the prosecutor, we're making them kind of go out and earn it, making them take the effort to go out and figure it out. And to be honest, most of the time, they're just not going to. Yeah, that always that always complicates things on our end where we're we're trying to get that information as well. And whenever you block it, it it, it drives me crazy. But I understand that that's 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 your job and that's what you're supposed to do. What, do you ever have any interaction with your client insurance company whenever they're involved with it? Yes, and that's that's a great question because that's usually the party that I have the most contact with when it comes to the civil side of the case is my client's insurance company is badgering both my client and me because they want a recorded statement. They want a written statement. You know, they want a, a version of the events. They want my client's account. And usually my client through the policy has agreed to do that in some capacity. Um, however, you know, it becomes very important that they don't do that for the reasons that we just talked about. So it's a little bit of a give and take with the insurance company. I eventually essentially tell them, look, we'll do this as soon as we know what's going on with the criminal case, or we'll do this after we wrap up the criminal case. We're not saying we're not going to do it. We just can't do it yet. And that timing is really important. And usually the insurance company will try a couple times and then back off. Um, and I always tell my client that they get to blame me. The insurance companies already don't like the lawyers involved. So just blame me. I'm the one that told them they can't give the statement. And as much as they'd like to, they're following my advice. And that usually helps with the insurance company. But Again, it it delays the whole process on the civil side of things. Oh, for sure. But and so you're you're sort of hinting at this. There's like this give or take. There's this dance that we're playing between the civil and the criminal case. We want the criminal case done first because we want to be able to use that against the the at fault party. You're waiting for the civil case to get done because you don't want that used against your client. Can you talk a little bit about that dance that we're playing? So the nice thing is, actually, I have no concern about the civil case and when that ends. It's more of the investigation of the civil case that's my concern, because that's where people are trying to talk to my client. And that's the concern is my client saying something that might hurt them, and that's what I don't want to happen. So it's more the investigation of the civil, of the civil case that's my concern as a criminal lawyer and not the outcome or what happens in the civil case. Most times, as a criminal attorney, I don't care if the injured party gets paid great you know that's not a that's not an issue for us that doesn't move the needle for us and sometimes it can even help us because i can say hey prosecutor look this victim has been made whole by my client's insurance company so you know let's get a move on with negotiations that should help things along a little bit here um, or i can sometimes wrap up the criminal case and actually probably plenty of times wrap up the criminal case sooner for exactly what you just said which is i can say look prosecutor if he pleads guilty and admits fault here, then the person is going to get paid on the civil side because they've admitted fault here. So if that's going to happen, sweeten the deal a little bit. Let's get this done. Make it more in our interest to go ahead and accept some kind of offer so that this injured party can get paid on the civil side of things. That's, that's a great point. And it's, it's also great information. So tell me this. Um, whenever we're dealing with an insurance company, sometimes actually oftentimes they're digging up dirt on our client and whenever you you're representing your client you're trying to make your client look as good as possible but are you also at the same same time looking up information on my client let's say looking into their background or anything like that 
So this depends on, you know, like we talked about, what the, what the criminal charges are. If my client is charged with the DWI, then I have less concern about about the client, the civil client, your client, um, because my client, the only two issues are, was my client driving and was my client drunk? It doesn't have anything to do with, with the other party in the other car. Now, if we're talking about some other things where who was at fault in the accident is more of an issue where the cause of an accident was more of an issue, then I have more concerns. Then if your client was at fault in the accident or was a contributor in the accident, then it could take either the guilt away from my client or more likely, it would kind of mitigate my client's fault. So that at sentencing or in negotiations with the prosecutor, that can be a benefit for my client. So in most cases, no, the actions of your client and your client's social media activity, whether it's partying or anything else, don't really matter much to us. Uh, but in some cases, it can. And it's certainly something that we're going to explore and look at. Such such a great point. All right. So one of my last questions is when it comes to minimizing the damage, so to speak, to your client. So you're trying to make your client look as good as possible under the circumstances. What sorts of information are you going to look for on your end to, to make your client look as good as possible? Well, so I mean, from, a, from a criminal standpoint, this steps away from the, the civil aspect a little bit. But primarily, I'm always going to be looking at the investigation. Did the police come out? How soon were they out there? What happened between an accident and the time the police got there? Um, you know, were the cars moved? What had happened in that period of time? Did the police officer do his investigation right? As far as, you know, looking into alcohol questions about my client, asking if they had anything to drink, going through the field sobriety test, did they do that properly? Did they follow their procedures and protocols? And then that could get into the same thing when we're talking about accidents as far as marking the scene, pictures, accident reconstruction, all things of that nature, you know, can really call into question the police officer's ability to do a proper investigation. And that's where my concern is. The police officer is going to be the number one witness at a trial against my client or in the case against my client. The more that I can call that investigation into question, the more I can call a possible intoxication or whatever the crime is into question and start to make headway in negotiations or in preparation for the trial of the case. All right. So let me, let me throw in a freebie one in here for you. What is the number one thing a person should do if they're pulled over and it's possible that they are intoxicated? So this, I mean, a lot of these go with the same themes of what we were just talking about, except this is in your interaction with the police officer. That's, uh, I mean, don't admit things that would make them easier to prove that you're drunk. Don't admit drinking. If you know you're drunk, don't do the field sobriety tests. Most people don't realize those tests are voluntary. You have an option to take those tests. More importantly, you have an option to decline to take those tests. And it's easy to just say, look, I heard a lawyer talk one time, and he just said, don't do these tests. Like I said, blame the lawyer. They already don't like us, and that's a good, reasonable reason not to take the tests, not that you need one. And then, again, don't blow. If you think you're close, you're already over the legal limit. I've had a lot of people in my office that say, look, I took the test because I thought I was below or I thought I was close. And they're not. They're one or two drinks over the legal limit. I would much rather be dealing with a refusal case than a big number. So limit the evidence that the officer has against you. Don't admit to drinking. Don't do the test if you know you're drunk. And don't blow. 
All right, that's awesome. All right, Jason, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, if they've got any, any legal issues from the criminal standpoint, how do they get in touch with you? No, I appreciate it. Uh, my office number is 314-409-2659. Website's www.cornerlaw, K-O-R-N-E-R-L-A-W.com. A lot of great information there, and we're always happy to answer questions for people. And I, I can't stress enough, I, I really do think you're an awesome lawyer. So anybody listening to this, um, if you need something from the criminal standpoint, give, him a, give Jason a call. I've, I've had the rare occurrence of being able to try a case with Jason. So um, it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, it was a big case, a lot of fun. But I have actually seen in person how good of a lawyer he is. So I highly recommend him. Jason, th thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Oh, Tyson, thank you for having me here. Thank you for listening to the Mutrux Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast, a production of Mutrux Firm, LLC. We offer a free 30-minute strategy session to discuss your personal injury case. You can ask us anything free of charge. Call 888-550-4026 to schedule your call or use the link in the show notes. If you're trying to handle your personal injury case on your own and running into issues with the insurance adjuster or not getting the treatment you need, try these three things. One, don't give a recorded statement. Two, ask your doctors to do your treatment on a lien. And three, don't negotiate with the adjuster prior to getting all of the treatment you need. Check out our YouTube channel for more helpful tips, where we have hundreds of how-to and explainer videos, or go to TysonMutrucks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.